for your word. We thank you that it's the foundation of our faith. It's the foundation of all that we believe, Father. We choose to believe your word over our own thoughts, over our own ideas, over our own traditions. And Father, we thank you that the word of God is settled. It's settled forever in heaven, Father. It's not going to change. It's not going to be different tomorrow than it is today. It's going to stay exactly the same, Father. In fact, you said that heaven and earth would have to pass away before one jot or tittle of your word passed away. So, Father, there's nothing in this universe that can change the path of your word. Father, we thank you for that. We ask you for the Spirit of God to reveal, to instruct, and to teach us tonight. We come to your word with open hearts, receptive minds, Father. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We'll get started there tonight. So we finished up talking about uh, the um, armor of God, put on the whole armor of God. So that means we have some responsibilities. Um, you know, this is not to be unkind, but every failure in your life is 100% on you. Um, that's, we don't, I don't say that to be mean or unkind, but uh, if you're wearing the whole armor of God successfully and correctly according to the word of God, there's really technically no way that you could ever fail. Uh, and so uh, that's not to, to pile on the victims of, of different issues, different problems in life. But uh, really what you, want to, what you want to have is to get established in the hope of that verse, that, Lord, uh, if I put on the whole armor of God, I really can be successful in all areas of my life. Even if you're not, at least have a hope and a goal, well, Lord, then I can get there. If you said that I can get there, then I can get there. And a lot of people will say things like, well, the Bible is too hard to understand. So they cut themselves off from success immediately. Uh, well, nobody can live that way. They cut themselves off from success immediately. You know, uh, I've tried and it doesn't work for me. They've cut themselves off immediately from success that, that is available to them and been given to them. And not only given to them, a great price was paid to obtain it. The, the blood of the Lord Jesus uh, was paid in order to obtain these blessings. And for us to say that it just doesn't work that faith business doesn't work or, you know, uh, if especially if we're unkind or disrespectful to the Lord about his word, uh, then it doesn't change the word of God. You know, the word of God is the same whether you believe it or not. Amen. Uh, if you if you believe in healing, uh, then God's your healer. If you don't believe in healing, God is still your healer. You, you just may not be able to accept and receive the blessings of that, but he's still your healer. Uh, well, I don't believe in salvation. Well, then he won't be your savior, but he is still your savior. Uh, doesn't change anything, amen? It just, all it changes is your, the amount that you are receiving from heaven. Uh, and so the nice thing is you can have as much of heaven as you want. You can have all of heaven. Jesus said that uh, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you can have all of heaven uh, on earth. Now, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to have heaven. You can have heaven. The Old Testament says you can have days of heaven upon the earth. Uh, and so you can have all of heaven if you want it. You can have none of heaven if you want it. There's a lot of Christians who are on their way to heaven. Uh, we'll get there someday, maybe get there a little quicker than they, they ought to, perhaps. But, uh, but the, they will never experience heaven on this earth because they don't have the faith. Or, and it's not that they don't have the faith. They don't exercise the faith. You know, Romans chapter 12 says we've all been given a measure of faith. So there is no Christian on the earth who has no faith. Uh, Jesus told that to the disciples. Why, why, why are you of no faith? Sometimes he said little faith. One time he said, why, you, why do you have no faith? Which is pretty tough. He doesn't say that to us anymore because we all have faith. Now, he may say, why is it that you use no faith? That may be true, right? Uh, but he would never say, why is it you have no faith? Because we all have faith. So when people say, well, I don't, ha I, you know, I don't have any faith. It's not really a true statement. Uh, you're not yielding to the faith that you have. You're not uh, exercising and training yourself to use the faith that you have. Those may be true statements, but it's not a true statement that you have no faith because by saying that you have no faith, you're kind of putting the, the responsibility of your failure on the Lord. Well, Lord, if I had faith, I would be successful. But since I don't have faith, it's not my fault. I'm not at fault for failing in this way at all. And you think that's going to fly with the Lord? Because uh, he's, he's going uh, to judge us at some point in time, and, and um, you know, we've been talking about repentance or, and judgment on Sunday mornings, but um, uh, really, as far as uh, your overall life goes, he's really just going to be asking you, are you faithful to do what you were told to do? Uh, and so he's going to judge every deed done in the body, both good and bad, but all the good ones, uh, and really uh, all the bad ones, he's going to be comparing the things that you did with the things that he had designed for you to do from before the foundation of the world. 
And that's just a measure of your faithfulness, right? Your faithfulness is, are you doing what you were instructed to do? Uh, and so it's not the quantity of it, because if he instructed you to only minister to one person all your life, and you did that, then you're 100% faithful. Uh, well, what if you doubled up and, and went the extra mile and did two? Well, that's great, you know. Uh, but as far as I can tell, you don't get any more uh, blessings from that. Uh, you might, you know, I'm not the Lord. He can do whatever he wants to. But for the man that, uh, that had five talents, he got five more and 10 talents, he got 10 more. They both got the same reward. Amen. Uh, because it was based upon their faithfulness to do what they were called to do. So it, it's uh, um, we, we can't ever say that, Lord, we have no faith. And, and we shouldn't say, Lord, increase our faith because he already instructed us how we can in increase our faith, right? Uh, Thessalonians, the book of Thessalonians says, I think it's Second Thessalonians chapter 1, said that your faith can be multiplied. Um, so your faith can be multiplied, your faith can increase, but who is responsible for your faith to be multiplying and, and to increase? How, how does the word, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if, you're, if you've got the same level of faith now as the day that you was born again, then the issue is not that the Lord hasn't given you more faith. The issue is that you've not been hearing as you should. Amen. And so uh, you think there's enough words going out of faith that you could hear something about faith? Well, sure there is. I mean, you could just come to this church and listen and you would you would hear words of faith. You could go back and listen to podcasts from years ago. Uh, and of course, you can get on YouTube and watch uh, thousands and thousands of hours of faith teaching if you, if you want to. So it's available to you out there. So if there's a shortcoming in faith, if faith is not increased like you would desire it to be, then that's not on the Lord's side. That would have to be on our side. The good news about that is then that's something that you can change, right? All you got to do is listen to more faith, amen? Uh, and, of course, in our society today, the, the, one of the biggest issues that we have in our society and even in the church is there's so many competing voices uh, in the church. So you've got the Internet, You've got, uh, you know, all the conspiracy theories. You've got all the political uh, uh, stuff. You've got all the news channels. You've got, you know, magazines. Everything's digital. You can, you know, listen to You've got all kinds of crazy podcasts from, you know, informational podcasts to crazy podcasts. And uh, there's a lot of competition for your ears. And, um, uh, and if we're not careful, as Christians, we get out of balance. We listen to everything in the world and watch everything in the world. And then we'll give the Lord, you know, five minutes, you know, on a, on a every other Thursday if we're not busy. Um, and so how much should you listen to? You know, that's none of my business. You find the balance that works for your life. Uh, but just be careful about, uh, Lord, you know, it's been weeks or months since I've read your word. Uh, well, well, I mean, surely you're not busy 24 hours a day, right? So uh, just be careful about that because it's really easy to fall into the, the trap of, Lord, I just don't have time to read your word. Uh, and uh, that's not even a, an accurate statement, right? We say that, I don't have time. But really the correct statement would be, I don't take the time, right? Because you've got time. You've got the exact same amount of time every day, right? You don't have any more. You don't have any less. Uh, I mean, even though it's getting uh, darker later in the evening by about one, one minute and 30 seconds or so every day, we get a little bit more daylight. That doesn't change the number of hours in the day. It's still 24 hours a day. We just have more daylight than we have nighttime. So still got 24 hours a day. So, um, so it's always helpful to, to speak correctly and say, Lord, I, I don't take time to read your word as opposed to, Lord, I don't have time to read your word. Because by saying, Lord, I don't have time to read your word, again, that's an excuse with the goal of removing the guilt or the responsibility for not reading the word. And so therefore removing your, the responsibility for you to grow in faith and putting it on, uh, I don't know who else, right? Because, uh, but sometimes we don't care who else gets it. We just don't want the responsibility ourselves. Uh, so, uh, but you can change that, can't you? Yes. If you find yourself being just a little more carnal than usual, you know, more naturally thinking, just read some more of the word for a while. Um, uh, you know, find the balance in there that, that uh, you don't uh, be thinking about every natural thing and, and um, get consumed with these natural things. Uh, go read the word. Amen. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because sometimes when you tell people that, you know, they're, they're, part of the sin nature is just the, the general rebellion against the Lord. Right. And there are some people you could say, hey, you know, you need to read the word more. That rebellion will rise up and they'll read the word less just because you told them that you should read the word more. Uh, and you should always be careful about allowing any rebellion to rise up in your heart when the word goes forth, because is it biblical to say you should read the word? 
Well, sure it is, right? Because he said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So perfectly biblical to say that. So why would you rebel against that? Uh, but there are people sometimes, you tell them anything to do, and because you've told them to do that, they won't do that. Uh, now, before they were thinking about doing it, but since you told them to do it, now they're just not going to do that. Uh, and, you know, it's unfortunate that that happens. And, you know, I've told you a story about a fellow I knew that was sick. He had terminal, a terminal illness. Uh, and uh, so I was just talking to him one day and said, you know, what do you want to do? Uh, do you want to stay or go? Do you want to stay here on the earth or, and, and uh, believe God for healing? Or do you want to just, just let it ride on out and, and uh, go home to, to be with the Lord? You know, because it's really your choice, right? You have a choice in the matter. It's not, well, you can't make a choice. You can totally make a choice. Uh, and so uh, what do you want to do? And he said, well, you know, I think I'd like to stay, you know. Okay, okay praise God. I said, well. What I would encourage you, I said, you know, every time I've talked to you and, and, and listened to your talk, I said, I've never heard you declare with your own mouth your faith. I've heard you many times say, hey, please pray for me. Well, that's great. No faith in that, right? That's just a request. Uh, and if somebody does, then praise God, their faith is, is working for you. But what's your faith doing? And I said, I've never heard you declare out of your mouth that you're the healed of God that uh, you will overcome the sickness and disease, that it, that it will not uh, go to its end result and take your life early. I said, I'd encourage you to, to, uh, to say that, you know, to use your faith. And then he sort of got offended at me, and I never heard him ever again say anything about his faith, and he died from that sickness and disease. And I wasn't trying to be unkind or cruel to him, but, you know, you've got to work your faith. Uh, it's not passive. It, it's, it has to be active, right? Uh, faith without works is what? dead well one of the greatest works of faith is speaking the faith of out of your own mouth right i am the healed of god and a lot of christians you know they uh they won't do that but then you know i just told them to do this and i didn't actually tell them to do it i just was i was encouraging them right i mean you we ought to be able to encourage each other right and say hey you know uh, uh how, how's uh, how's your healing coming along i'm the healed of god you know it ought to be okay to do that right uh, and we ought not get offended because someone asked us to actually walk by faith right and so <laughs> Uh, I don't know why they got offended. And, um, you know, when we get to heaven, uh, they won't be mad at me and I won't be mad at them either. But uh, it was it was interesting that uh, and I've seen that really many times over the years. Uh, that uh, saying something to somebody, just the word and they'll get offended. And um, there's a friend of mine that uh, he was in a job and the boss was really kind of um, just one of these people that just, uh, you know, I was going to say he was a jerk. You know, can you say that in church? I don't know. But uh, uh, but he was just one of these people just really rude to him all the time. And, and a friend of mine had an engineering degree and his boss didn't. And, and the boss kind of had his chip on his shoulder. Well, you know, there's some things you can't learn from a book, which is 100% true. There are some things you can't learn from a book, but you know, the opposite is, is, is just as well. There are some things you can't learn unless you read a book. Uh, and so why is that even a thing, right? I mean, you learn some things from a book, you can learn some things from outside the book. Uh, why do we have to be either or, right? But he was one of these folks that, you know, Maybe he w could have, should have, would have been an engineer, but he wasn't. And so, uh, so he'd walk around, you know, just some things you can't learn from a book. And just really, you know, every time that friend of mine made a mistake or anything, you just really hammer him hard about it. And, and he was just complaining about, you know, his job and everything. And, uh, and one day, I, you know, I just said, well, you know, the Bible says that, that if God be for you, who can be against you? And I said, it seems to me that it's, that it's really hard for the Lord to move you out of that job by grace if you're only complaining about it. Because it's paying your bills, right? It's giving, putting food on your table. Uh, it's allowing you to tithe to the Lord. Uh, why aren't you thankful about that job? And, 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 um, and, and, and so I didn't ask him, why aren't you thankful? But I did say, you know, uh, until you find the grace to stay where you're at, it's unlikely God's going to give you the blessing to move out of that job. Because you should always find the grace to do the job in front of you. Instead of always wishing that you had a different job. Because then you're always wishing your life away. And a lot of people do that. They wish their life away. And, and they're always trying to be somewhere that they're not. Uh, instead, of, instead of putting their hand to the plow that's in front of them uh, and being faithful where they are, you know, the Lord said that if you're faithful over another man's, uh, he'll make you ruler over your own stuff, right? So, but a lot of people don't want to be faithful over somebody else's stuff. They want their own stuff. Uh, and so they'll do a halfway job when they're working for somebody else, thinking someday I'm going to have my own thing and I'll be famous and I'll be rich and well, you won't get that way by the Lord. He won't do that because if you're not faithful while you're putting your hand to that plow, he's not going to give you your own plow to, to uh, succeed. And so, so I just said, you know, uh, you should find the grace to stay where you're at. 
so that the Lord can promote you somewhere else. Well, he didn't talk to me for a year. A year, you know. And, and you know, it's like, I just, just trying to encourage him. I mean, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't being rude to him. I wasn't being, well, you know, if you was a spiritual person, you know, you wouldn't. I just was encouraging, you know, if, if God is for you, who can be against you, right? Uh, who cares if the boss is mean to you or not mean to you, right? Uh, and, um, you know, do you prefer to have a kind boss? Uh, having a kind boss is better. It's an upgrade, right? I've had good bosses. I've had terrible bosses. Um, I've not had as terrible bosses as my wife has had. She's had, like, career, you know, terrible bosses, you know, that were, had, like, a Ph.D. in sorriness. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so, and the company let him stay for a long time, right? And finally, they got rid of him, but only after he had a string of dead bodies, so to speak, you know, that people, he just destroyed their emotions and their lives, you know. Of course, Chris had the grace of God, and uh, didn't like it, but, you know, don't like having to be uh, offended and being rude and treated unkindly. But, you know, she had the grace to be there and uh, outlasted the boss, right? And, you know, that's the way I say it. If you're mean to me, I'll just outlast you, you know, just do it again. You know, I'll outlast you with love and grace. And, uh, you know, you want to be unkind to me, I'll outlast all of you, right? Of course, I know you all aren't unkind to me, but just anybody who is unkind to me, I'll just outlast them with grace and love. And, and so, so, you know, don't allow, don't ever allow rebellion to set up in your heart when, when somebody tells you, here's what the word says, you should do it. Uh, don't ever allow that, because that carnal nature, that flesh nature always wants to rebel. Don't you tell me what to do. That's really primary, my only job in life as a pastor is to tell you what to do. Here's what the word of God says, do that. Isn't that what I'm, I mean, my job is not to tell you there's 66 books in the Bible and give you, you know, the second, uh, the name of, of the kings of, of, I mean, that's all information, right? But I'm supposed to say, here's what the word says. Let's do that. Um, it, that should be okay, right? Yep. And most of the time it's okay. But every now and then, you know, uh, toes will get stepped on, right? Uh, and um, now it's not my intention to step on toes. But the word of God sometimes will be in conflict with what you're doing right now. And a, a humble servant of the Lord will realize that and say, Lord, I need to change. And I'll be glad to do that just as soon as I can. Uh, and so, so the word of God is valuable. Amen. Uh, it's important to us. And so uh, we finished up with the, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the, the word of God is the only offensive weapon that we have uh, available to us in the armor of God. Everything else is defensive. Now, it's an offensive weapon, but it's never to be used against people. We're never supposed to harm people with the word of God. And a lot of times people will do that. You, you ever had a Christian say the most unkind biblical thing to you, you know, in the name of the Lord? Uh, you know, go back to the to the Crusades, right? The Crusades were down. All these people from from Europe were going down to the Holy Land and, and killing, murdering people in the name of the Lord. That's not really the name of the Lord, right? They're not really doing that right. Uh, so we should never wield the word of God with the intention to harm other people um, uh, because our, our our attitudes are wrong. Remember when uh, John and the apostles, uh, when Jesus was going through Samaria and he was on his way to Jerusalem and they asked him to stay and he said, no, I've got to, I've got to keep on going. They got mad at him because he wouldn't stay. And John said, uh, uh, Lord, shall we call fire down from heaven? You know, that shouldn't be your first go-to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, uh, Lord, they cut line for me. Uh, can, I, can you open up the earth and swallow them, eat them up? You know, it's like, you know, they just cut line for me. I don't know that's really a capital offense, right? But, you know, uh, they got mad at Jesus. They didn't throw st rocks at him. They didn't kill him. They didn't, you know, stab him or shoot him or, you know, uh, they were just unhappy that he wouldn't stay. And, and John first said, he won't call fire down from heaven. <laughs> you know, you know, any Christians like that, you know, smallest little thing and just, you know, they drop a bomb. You know, you could have just, hey, don't do that. But instead they drop a bomb, you know, on, on people. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that, that's not your first go to. Right. Is the Lord, shall we call fire down from heaven? Uh, but your first go to also shouldn't take the word of God and, and put people in their place and uh, I, know, I know Jesus did that on occasion. He would call them whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones uh, and call them vipers and snakes and things. Um, you know, some of that is between you and the Lord, right? If you have to say some of those things. But some people wield the word of God with the intent to harm. And they'll say the most unkind things in the name of the Lord uh, and uh, use the word of God in an, un, in an ungodly, uh, unkind fashion. Um, you know, we should always try to extend mercy just as long as we can before we have to go past mercy and then to, to, uh, uh, to have judgment fall. You know, Paul did that many times, right? Many times he would say things like, I've handed them over to Satan. It wasn't just the man in 1 Corinthians uh, 5. There were other people that he said, I've handed them over to Satan, that they, would learn, that they would learn not to blaspheme. 
So there were times Paul would drop the hammer. Uh, and, um, uh, but that wasn't his first go-to, right? <laughs> that wasn't, you know, remember Ananias and Sapphira? You know, they came and, uh, Ananias came and lied to Peter. And, and uh, he said, well, you know, you can't lie to the Holy Ghost. And boom, he died, right? But then Sapphira came in a few hours later, his wife. And he said, did you do this? Uh, what was he doing? He has given her a shot. Right. Did you do what, what, uh, what your husband said you did? Uh, and, um, you know, of course, at that time, the level of the anointing in the church was really high. Right. I mean, that was Acts chapter five. It was right after they prayed uh, and Lord, behold, the threatenings and grant to the last servants that with all boldness, we, speak, we may speak your word and that signs and wonders will be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. So immediately signs and wonders started happening by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Spectacular things there from, from the end of chapter four to the beginning of chapter five. Spectacular things were being done. Uh, it, it's it's really never wise to go and be sinful and carnal uh, in the presence uh, of of God like that. Amen. It's just not going to work out well for you. But some people that have no spiritual awareness at all, they'll just come in just you know chomping gum and you know, hey how's it going and 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 really show disrespect to the move of God and the Spirit of God. Uh, and so, uh, but Peter gave her an opportunity, didn't he? She could have said, you know, Peter, um, uh, to be honest, uh, we sold it for uh, twice that much, but we wanted to keep some of the money. Uh, we don't know how much it was that they decided to keep. Uh, but, you know, if they sold it for 100, they decided to keep some of that and give some of it to the church, but then say that they gave all of it to the church because that's what other people were doing. They were giving all of their proceeds to the church and they wanted to look good, but not be good. Right. Sometimes how you look is more important than how you are which is never important, which is never correct. But for some people, that, that's what's important to them is, is how they look versus how they are. Uh, and so he gave her a shot, didn't he? He didn't just blast her out of the water. Now, she, of course, she died, right? And, and um, just think that went on today, right? Oh, you lied on the Holy Ghost, you know. Uh, well, uh, here's the hearse coming to pick you up. Uh, and then, boom, you're gone, right? Uh, now, did she make it to heaven? As far as I know, she made it to heaven. I don't think you go to, you go to hell for, for lying, Um any more than you go to hell for cheating or stealing or anything else, right? You go to hell for not accepting the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, and so I'm going to believe God that she's in heaven there with Ananias and Sapphira. I'm sure them and Peter have all made up by now. Uh, I'm sure they're not sitting on both opposite sides of heaven. I ain't talking to him. You know, he, you know I died because of him, you know. Uh, no, I'm sure that Ananias saw the, the error of his ways and uh, would, would like to correct it if he could. You remember the rich man in, in Luke 16 uh, when he opened up his eyes in torment uh, he had some remorse. Uh, uh, let, let me go and tell my, my kinfolk about this place. And, of course, uh, Abraham said, no, you can't do that. You know, they've got Moses and the law. Uh, that should be sufficient. Uh, and so, uh, so don't ever use the word of God to uh, harm somebody. Uh, don't ever beat people up, you know, uh, with the word of God. That doesn't mean that, that we don't bring correction sometimes, but... It should be, you know, the exception instead of the rule. You know, if you look at the whole counsel of God, he's not just beating us up every single verse out of all the verses in the Bible. You know, there's a handful that he corrects us. Right. And there's lots of correction, especially when you get in the Old Testament. But when things were going good, the Lord was good. Right. He wasn't uh, saying anything. He wasn't just, well, that's not good enough. You know, he, he was very gracious to the people and to us as well. So. So just be careful. The word of God is powerful, right? Uh, Hebrews uh, 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active, sharp in the two-edged sword, able to divide asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So uh, if you ever wonder, um, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I not the person that I want to be? The answer is really found in the word. Go back to the word and read some more. Amen. Uh, you know, some of those things can be dealt with to some extent in prayer, but the Lord's always going to lead you in prayer back to the word when it comes to uh, finding out why you're doing the things that you're doing. Uh, and so then we get to uh, verse 18. And he says, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So uh, now he's talking about, so we've shifted gears, right? So, so we're nearing the end of this letter. Uh, he talked about the armor of God. Now he's talking about prayer. Uh, and uh, so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about prayer. But he said, praying always. Um, uh, and of course, other, other verses say, pray without ceasing. Well, so does that mean that you can't breathe, can't eat, can't sleep? No, it, just has, it means just have a general attitude of prayer in your life. That is not something that, uh, 
you know, you start praying. The Lord said, who are you? You know, you don't want the Lord to be like, a, uh, have we met before? Uh, you know, you want the Lord to recognize your voice. Amen. When you when you speak to him. Uh, so praying always with all prayer. And uh, where it says all prayer, uh, the, the Amplified says with all manner of prayer. Other translations say all kinds of prayer or with every kind of prayer. Uh, and so the the implication is there. There are different types of prayer. And that's what we want to uh, talk about for this verse, that there are, are different types of prayer. And, and and because of that, then there there's different things, different ways, different words we need to use with those prayers. And they're not complicated. They all make sense. And, and so uh, as we go through them, uh, we'll see what the word of God says. Uh, but he says with all all manner of prayer, all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit. Well, supplication is, is still prayer, uh, but supplication ha- has the 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 emphasis that uh, it's more. Um, I was trying to think of the word the way the way uh, Brother Hagen would say, it, but uh, there's more more umph when you're praying. You know, uh, you know. Sometimes you know, we, uh, when you pray over your over your food, you know, Lord bless his food in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Amen. You know, that's that's prayer, but you know, supplication would you would pause and actually think about what you're saying, right? And there would be more 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 power, more more demand on your side as you're praying with that supplication. So so have you ever had? You know, like a burden to pray, just you just feel more uh, pressure, not so much pressure, but just a burden to pray. Right. I just need to pray. Uh, and uh, uh, and the spirit of God will lead you in that uh, will lead you to pray uh, like that. And, you know, so that's that's really supplication. So it's really uh, as far as what you're praying uh, in supplication versus what you're playing, praying in regular prayer. It's really the same. It's just the, there's more emphasis and more more um, intent on your part. In, uh, in how strong that you're praying for that. And you'll see supplication uh, in the New Testament a few times, uh, different places. Uh, but it says, uh, with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So, uh, really, all praying should be done in the Spirit, in the sense that um, we should be led by the Spirit of God in what we pray for. Now, a lot of times we, we know what we pray for, we know things to pray for, we got people to pray for, and that's, that's fine. But even in just general praying, so it's not talking so much about praying in, in other tongues. We will talk about that uh, as far as all types of prayer. Uh, but uh, really, in your life, and, and that really goes for every area of your life, you can be in the Spirit in every area of your life as far as being aware of the presence of God or being aware of the, the unction of the Spirit of God in whatever you're doing. So whatever decisions that you're making, you should make those decisions in the Spirit. So it doesn't mean that you're on cloud nine, that you're in a trance or, you know, in, in some kind of a, uh, of a vision from the Lord. It just means that uh, as you're praying, be aware of the direction of the Lord, because he will bring people to your mind, to your heart. Hey, pray for this person. So uh, so even though you're praying for them in English, Lord, we know, for example, uh, that that uh, people that we have on our prayer list that need prayer for healing. Uh, well, then we know what they need for. He- we know what they need. They need healing. But, you know, as you're praying for them for healing, you can be sensitive to the spirit of God and he may have you to pray for them uh, that they would learn how to forgive if that's the root cause of their illness, for example. So uh, and you can pray that out of English, but you're still doing it in the spirit because the spirit of God is leading you. So it's a good it's a good way to train yourself in in how to be led by the spirit of God by praying and uh, and you uh, in English, right, uh, as you're directed by the Spirit of God. So praying in the Spirit in, in other tongues is pretty easy because your mind just turned off, right? And uh, you just put it in neutral and just, you know, roll down the hill in tongues. Uh, and that's that's great. And, and uh, you know, I pray a lot in tongues. Uh, but then sometimes there are things that you need to pray out in English that the Lord is directing you specifically. Pray for this person. Pray for this event. Pray for this circumstance. And and the further you go in that type of prayer, a lot of times you'll shift gears from just regular praying into supplication. So you'll sense that there's just more uh, more a burden to pray in that. Uh, and so uh, so we should be praying in the spirit. He said in watching there into with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So there is perseverance uh, necessary for praying. You ever prayed for, you know, you, you've been praying for an hour and you look at your watch and it's been three minutes. Right. I haven't you know. I've been praying for three whole minutes, right? Well, that's really not perseverance, right? You know, I don't know what the number is, but three minutes is probably not perseverance, right? So sometimes it's necessary 
that you've got so many things that you need to pray about, and it takes perseverance to get all those things done. Amen. Uh, and and really, you should pray when you, when you set aside time specifically to pray. You should pray until the job is done, and you know when the job is done by the Spirit of God, right? Because we're praying in the Spirit. Uh, and so and, and so one of the things we pray for. He talks about other things and, and later on in other verses. But he says, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So uh, it's good to pray for your Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. We can pray for the saints in China. Right. That's really a thing. Uh, we can pray for the, you know, the the uh, Iron Curtain to fall, uh, which it really did fall. Right. Uh, with Russia, uh, the bamboo curtain, you know, that they would fall and, and that uh, the saints would hear the word of God. Um, you know, that that's part of all saints. But, you know, all saints is your neighbor, too. It's the people in your church. It's your family members, people that are Christians. Uh, so this is specifically talking about Christians, right? So not just the lost or not the lost at all. In this particular case, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, leave out the lost because we can pray with all, uh, all manner of prayer and supplication in his spirit. Sometimes that would include praying for the lost, right? Uh, but he does specifically mention the, the, the church, right? Praying for all saints. Uh, and so... So we should have, you know, there should be a general life of prayer in our, in our lives as far as, um, you know, should you set aside a specific time every day to pray? You know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I don't see anything in the Bible because when I saw, see the life of Jesus, sometimes he would go up at night and pray all night long until the morning. Sometimes he'd go in the morning and pray all day long. So uh, now if you do them both at the same time, then you're praying 24 hours a day. And you're not going to be able to pray 24 hours a day, are you? So I don't see any, any law in the Word of God about when you should pray, how long you should pray, uh, where you should pray, right? Sometimes he would go up the mountain to pray. You know, sometimes he'd go in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. So he would go to different places to pray. Uh, he talks about your prayer closet. That doesn't mean you have to have a physical closet to pray in. But some people, like, like, a, like you know, it's, it's more comfortable for them. It's easier for them to pray if they have a special place or a certain place that they pray. Uh, you know, uh, the, the nice thing about the, the New Testament is no, no real laws for that. You, you be led by the Spirit of God. As the Spirit of God directs you, you pray. Amen. Where, where you pray, that, that it's up to you. Uh, and so I remember we were in Africa one time and uh, we were on a mission trip. And, uh, and so everybody had gone to bed and, and, and we were in, in this house. And so I went out into the living room to pray, uh, just praying for the services and for, you know, because it wasn't just me ministering. All of us, there was about a dozen of us on the trip. So I was praying for them and, and just different things. Uh, but before uh, I was praying that day, when we first got there, uh, on, on the wall above one of the doors was this big spider, about this big. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're like, oh, you, well, you get the spider. You know, I'm not getting a spider. So there was this one of the guys, he was like a bodyguard, right? He was from Nashville. He was there with his pastor, and he was kind of like his big burly football player. You know, well, you go get that spider. You know, I'm not getting that spider. And so, you know, you big sissy. Uh, and so nobody got the spider. We just left it there. You just, so anyway, I'm laying on the floor praying, and all of a sudden the vain imagination starts coming, and that spider's going to crawl on your head here just any second, right? <laughs> so that's sometimes that's the perseverance because I had to focus. You know, now I'm not going to think about no spider crawling on my head. I've got to pray, you know, and so sometimes there is perseverance because, you know, your thought life will, will try to get you sidetracked from praying. Uh, you know, you start praying a lot. Of, I need to pray 15 minutes, minimum 15 minutes, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, you say, uh, you know, our Father which art in heaven, all of a sudden you've got to think about the lawnmower needs gas and, you know, the weeds need to be pulled and the trash needs to be taken out and the dog needs to be fed and, you know, uh, you haven't brushed your hair or teeth in three days or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, you start thinking of all these things. Well, it takes perseverance to say, mind shut up. We're going back. You're going back to, to prayer, right? And so it, it takes some training to do this, right? It takes some, some training on your part to train yourself to not be, you know, oh, squirrel. You know, just all of a sudden you go, you're going down, this, uh, going down that path over there, right? And you're supposed to be going this way, and the squirrel comes by, and you're running off that way. And, and how, has that ever happened to you? Uh, you know, if you're breathing air, it's probably happened to you, right? Uh, and so it does take some perseverance on our part to train ourselves to stay focused because the Lord needs us to pray. He told us to pray, right? And there are some things that will never get done on this earth unless a man prays. Uh, and so he's given us the power to do that. And so let's, let's just look at... Um, Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 6 here. So if we're going to talk about prayer, then really the first question we need to answer is, who do we pray to? 
Uh, and, you know, you can talk to different, uh, different groups of the church, and some people say we should pray to Mary, right? Uh, should we pray to Mary? Shouldn't pray to Mary, you know. Uh, how about Abraham? Pray to Abraham? No, we don't pray to Abraham. Uh, how about St. Joseph, right? Uh, is he a saint? I know he's got a hospital, but is he a saint? You know, I don't, not up in my saints, you know. Uh, I'm sure he is. Um, but do we pray to saints? No, we don't pray to saints. You know, what we should do is find out what the word says and do that. Amen. And so let's look at a, a few verses here. Here, Matthew chapter six. Uh, Jesus starts out here in verse seven. Uh, well, let's just start in verse. Um, OK, we'll start in verse one. It says, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. So if your goal is to obtain glory by doing things, uh, then uh, Jesus said there's no reward for you from your father in heaven. Right now, if you remember back over in in uh, chapter five, verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So if your goal is to glorify the Lord, there's nothing wrong with people seeing what you're doing. Amen. The problem is when you want people to see what you're doing to obtain glory. Uh, if people see what you're doing and they glorify God, then praise God, right? Uh, then, then that's fine. So who could decide that? That's really between you and the Lord. Amen. If you, if you can handle that. Uh, and um, yeah, we could talk a lot about that. But, uh, uh, but some people get, get pigeonholed and get legalistic. Well, I can't ever let anybody see what I'm doing. Even though he literally says in chapter 5, let people see what you're doing, right? Chapter 6, he said, don't let people see what you're doing. So Jesus must be crazy, right? Because he changed his mind. Is he, did he change his mind? No, he's talking about two different things, right? What's your goal and motivation in doing what you're doing? Is it to be seen? Is it to obtain glory? If it is, you're in, on the wrong path. Uh, if it's, if it's to just to be a blessing and the Lord gets the glory, then praise God, doesn't matter who sees it, Amen. Uh, he said, therefore, when thou dost thine alms, do not sound the trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Uh, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So, uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine people doing this, right? He said, uh, doing thine alms and sounding a trumpet. Hey, hey, look at me. Hey, man, I just, I just gave the biggest offering. I mean, it's bigger than everybody else's offering. It's so big. I mean, it just... That sounds like something Donald Trump would say, right? It's just huge. It's huge, right? Uh, and so, uh, of course, you know, I'm not sure if uh, President Trump uh, had read these verses before because he always talked about everything he did, right? <laughs> so, uh, but um, uh, whether that's he was trying to get glory from then, that's between him and the Lord. But, um, but uh, apparently people were sounding a trumpet. Hey, look at how wonderful I am. With the desire to obtain the glory of men. Oh, you're so wonderful. Look at you. You're such a saint of God. Look at you, you know, uh, you're just awesome. Oh, yeah, say it again, right? Um, and there are apparently people who do that, right? Now, some people will try to give glory to men without the people asking, right? They'll just come up to you and say, oh, you're just the most wonderful Christian. You're the best person ever, you know? Uh, and uh, uh, Brother Hagin always said that he quit allowing people to introduce him because they would get up and say, we'd like to introduce to you a, a great man of faith. Uh, Brother Hagin, he's a faithful servant of the Most High God, a prophet, you know, and, and uh, uh he does great things for the Lord, and uh, he's got uh, greater faith and greater knowledge than anybody else in the world, you know, just on and on, right? And he said, the first thing I'd have to do is get up there and correct all those lies, right? Uh, uh, he said, I just quit letting people introduce him because, you know, they weren't necessarily, of course, he wasn't requiring it, right? Uh, and they weren't necessarily, you know, it wasn't so much they, they were, were, had a wrong motives, um, but sometimes we forget that everything we do is for the Lord's sake, Amen. And so nothing wrong with saying, you know, we want to thank Brother Hagen for, for coming tonight and, and um, you know, speaking the word to us. You can, you can be gracious like that, uh, but you have to be careful to not cross the line. Amen. And a lot of times people cross the line into giving glory to created beings, which we are, and we're not qualified to receive glory. Amen. Uh, and so just be careful about that. But there are people who are trying to obtain the glory of men. And Jesus said they have the reward. In other words, whatever they're doing, they haven't laid up for themselves any treasure in heaven. The only reward they got for what they're doing is the accolades of men, that the glory of men. People say you're a wonderful person. Well, is there any eternal value in that? No, but some people love it. They relish it, right? Um, and I know we would watch some of these singing competitions and, you know, some of these folks would get up and say, 
you know, uh, I, I, I lead praise and worship in my church, but I just want to be famous. Well, what does that mean? They want to be seen of men. They want to have glory of men because, I mean, is there any higher calling in worshiping the great and mighty Lord? I mean, I, I don't know how you get a greater calling than that, right? But some people, I just want to be seen. I want to be famous. And if that's your goal, you know, the goal is really to be to receive the glory of men. Uh, and, um, you know, it never ceases to amaze me how full of themselves so many people in Hollywood are. You know, I know they're not all that way, but I mean, they're just so they're just so enraptured with themselves. I'm just so wonderful. You know, look at what I did. You know, I I saved a puppy today, you know, and they'll put it on, uh, uh, you know, on the, uh, the Internet like they've they're somebody. Right. Uh, but they've never been faithful to, you know, serve in a local church or you know, to really serve the Lord on, on a long-term basis. Uh, but they want to get all that glory. And so I know they're not all that way, but, uh, but we have seen examples of them doing that. Uh, but Jesus said they had the reward. He said, but when thou doest on alms, verse 3, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, uh, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So just be careful what you're doing and why you're doing it, right? Uh, and nothing wrong with, with uh, doing things in secret, because Jesus said do things some things in secret. But chapter 5, he said there's some things that you need to allow to be seen of men. So the balance of that is you be led by the Spirit of God, and should you let somebody do that or, or not, right? You know, sometimes there's been plenty of times when I'll do something for somebody, and my intention is to, for it to be anonymous, but then somebody will tell somebody, uh, and then, you know, the, the cat's out of the bag and they'll come and thank you and all those things. And, you know, you never intended it to be open, uh, but, uh, you know, you, you can't put the cat back in the bag, so to speak. So it is what it is. You move on, right? You just make sure that, that if they come and thank you, that they only go so far. If they go beyond that and start giving you glory, then you've got to shut it down, right? Remember what, uh, when they came to Jesus and said, good master, what must I do to, to obtain eternal life? What was the first thing Jesus said? Why callest thou me good, right? Now you think about that. If anybody's good, it's the Lord Jesus, right? But he said, why callest thou me good? So it, it, is, uh, it is helpful uh, to remember the example of Jesus that even he did want, not want to see, receive the glory uh, like that. He always tried to push it to, to the Father. And so if the Lord Jesus is that way, then surely we can be that way too. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, he said in verse five, and, and when thou uh, and when thou prayest, uh, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I send you, they have their reward. So the alms that he talked about in the verse, first four verses and the prayers that he's talking about in verse five, the goal in both of these people's hearts and the hypocrites were to be seen of men to obtain the glory of men. Oh, aren't they great prayers? Can't they just pray? Uh, and, and um, you know, one of the, the toughest things for me is to hear somebody who's praying, but they're not praying in the spirit. They're, they're praying to be seen of men, to be heard of men, and, and there's no anointing at all. You know, there's no anointing, there's no power. It's flowery words, you know, uh, and, and uh, you know, it's hard. You can't put your finger on it, but you know, you know, that there's, no, there's no power in that prayer. Uh, they're just doing that for show. Uh, and so... Be careful about that, right? Again, what's your motivation? Why are you doing that? You know, have you ever prayed in public? You know, sometimes it's, it's necessary to pray in public. You know, I know when I was, uh, when my kids, uh, the girls were in, in high school, uh, I, I was the official photographer and the official prayer over all meals, right? And so every meal that they had as a team, I would pray over all of them. Uh, and so I'm praying in public, right? Uh, and so uh, could I not, could I, pray over the meal in private well i could but it would be a little weird right uh, and so anything wrong with praying in in, in uh, public well no there's nothing wrong with praying in public but what's your motivation why are you doing it amen if you're doing it to be seen of men then it's a waste of time and and jesus said you have your reward there's no reward coming from heaven the reward you get is what men say about you which uh, is of no value right it, you can't take it to the bank it doesn't increase your rewards in heaven uh, there's no value to it at all he said uh, in verse 6, But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. So that's where we get the, the uh, part about the prayer closet. Uh, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father. So, so here's the first comment here about uh, praying to the So who do we pray to? Pray to the father. Do we pray to the Lord Jesus? No, what did he say? Pray to the father. Do we pray to the Holy Spirit? 
doesn't say we pray to the Holy Spirit, right? Now, we, we, prayer, we're talking about supplication and petitions, right? We're asking the Lord for things, to do things on our behalf, to obtain wisdom, to attain his will, to find out what he wants us to do. You know, the, the, that's the prayer. Now, you can't fellowship with the Lord Jesus and, you know, and you say, hi, how's it going? And, and, you know, sometimes I'll ask the Lord, you know, Lord, why did you say it that way, right? You know, I can fellowship with him about that. But when it comes time to ask, ask for things that I have need of in my life, then I always pray to the Father. Um, and so, because that's what he said, pray to the Father, which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee. Uh, and he said in verse 7, and, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that shall be heard for their much speaking. Uh, and so that's, you know, that verse 7, it's an interesting verse. Vain repetitions. Um, uh, and so uh, what are vain repetitions? Well, it's repetitions that are of no value, right? Repeating the same thing over and over. So, uh, and, and we'll get into this when we get into the prayer of faith. But if you pray the prayer of faith, then there's no need to pray that prayer again a second time. So what do you do? Do you just never pray it? No, what you do is, is you thank the Lord after that. Lord, I thank you that I've prayed that and you've heard my prayer and I'll receive the end of my prayer. So we'll get that into more detail when we start talking about the prayer of faith. Uh, but, uh, but a lot of times people pray for the same exact thing every day. Lord, I, you know, I need a new car the next day. Lord, I need a new car. Lord, the next day, I, Lord, I need a new car. Uh, and you think the Lord knows you have new, that you have need of a car? He figured out the first time you said that, right? Uh, it's not like he's slow. So we'll talk some more about that specifically when we get into that type of prayer there. Uh, and so do you think that if you just pray enough, the Lord will hear you? Right. Uh, but that's what some people think, right? If I just pray enough, it'll get through eventually. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's showing little regard for how much the Lord cares about you, right? How much the Father God cares about you. He hears you the first time you pray in faith. Uh, he's not waiting till you pray an X number of times before. He, are they saying something? I keep hearing something. Are they saying something? No, if you're praying in faith, he hears you the first time, right? Uh, and so, uh, so he said, uh, they think they'll be heard for their much speaking in verse 8, be not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of uh, when? Before you ask him. So is it new information when you say, Lord, I need a job? Really? I didn't know that. We should do something. Somebody should do something about that. Uh, is it, does it take the Lord by surprise? It never takes the Lord by surprise because it says right there, he knows what you have need of before you ask him. And yet, what did Jesus say to do? Ask him. Well, why does he, if he already knows why we need, that we need things, why do we have to ask? I mean, that's a, it's sort of a valid question, but not really, because if the Lord said to do it, just, that's just shut up and do it, right? I mean, it's, it's really, you, can get, you can get some insight about why, which is fine, but sometimes it's almost a rebellion. Well, why do I have to do that, Lord? You already know I have need of it. You know, that's just, you know, that's just a waste of my time to have to tell you what you already know. Uh, and um, is, is our goal... Uh, to tell the Lord what he already knows? No, that's not the intent of doing that. Uh, if you, you know, one thing that you uh, will figure out as you read the word of God more, you always find that the Lord's always elevating faith, that faith is his first priority in many things, in, in, in prayer uh, especially, that uh, he's, he's prioritizing faith, that, yeah, he knows you have need of it, but you need to exercise faith that number one, he knows that you have need of it. And number two, that he will supply whatever that thing is that you have need of. Uh, and so, uh, so why does Jesus set things up the way he set them up? Why does God the Father set things up the way he sets them up? If you look into it, it's almost always to maximize how much faith that you need to get this job done. And so uh, if the Lord knows you have need of things, then, then why do you need to ask? So that you can exercise faith. Because uh, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So uh, if you think about it from the standpoint of faith, that he wants you to exercise faith, he needs you to exercise faith, that he expects you to exercise faith, then some things make more sense, right? Uh, and so uh, he said uh, in verse 9, after this manner, therefore, pray you. Uh, and he starts out with, with who? Our who? Our Father, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So now we call this the Lord's Prayer, right? It's not really the Lord's Prayer because he gave it to the disciples. But when was this prayer spoken? Was it before or after the cross? It's before the cross, right? So things have changed somewhat since then. So 
We, we can learn a few things out of the, this particular prayer, but really it, it needs to be kind of set aside and we need to look at the New Testament plan for prayer and not the gospel plan for prayer, right? Uh, and so uh, he said, uh, hallowed be thy name. So that's fine, right? We, we talk to the Father, that's fine. But what's missing out of these verses? Nowhere in here does it say in Jesus' name, right? Nowhere in here does it say in my name. So do, are we supposed to pray in, in his name? Well, we'll find out here. Uh, shortly, I don't know if we'll make it today or not, but um, but I've already uh, already told you the the end game there, right? So you already know. Uh, so there are some things missing from this prayer. So we can learn some things from it, but this is not the best model prayer, right? Take the things that you can learn from it, and then uh, go uh, and and look at other verses, right? So he said, "Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." So he addressed the right part of the Godhead, the Father. He starts out with worshiping Him, hallowed be thy name. That's always a good way to start in your prayer is to, is to start out in, in, in worshiping the Lord because, again, worship is a, is a high type of prayer. We'll talk about that specifically as we go on, but it also requires a lot of faith because uh, do you think you, you're under pressure to get the things that you have need of? Sometimes you are, right? Lord, I need this check right now. I need this money right now. And so it's easy to pray in fear. Uh, and a lot of times people will pray motivated by fear. If I don't pray... I'm not going to get this done. And so I better pray, you know. And, uh, and so they're, they're driven to pray by the fear that if they don't pray enough or pray loud enough or pray just exactly the right way, the Lord's not going to hear their prayer. And so uh, they start out with, well, Lord, I need, I need, I need, I need, do, 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 do. Uh, and so they're, they're always asking the Lord for things. And the Lord's not opposed to us asking him for things. In fact, he told us to ask, right? They need to literally tell us to ask. So he's not opposed to it. But Jesus is setting the right tone here of starting out by worshiping the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're great. Your name is to be exalted. We thank you for being a great God, for, for always answering our prayers, for being kind to us, to, to, uh, to speak to us, to lead us and guide us in all truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your son. You know, it's good to just spend a minute in, in worshiping the Lord because it'll cause your heart to settle down uh, instead of just being driven by fear. Lord, I've got to get this thing done right now uh, he said thy kingdom come thy will be done uh, on earth or in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread uh, all of those things are fine right uh, and he said and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors well now verse 12 is a, a little bit outdated because if you now go over to um, to Ephesians back to the book of Ephesians chapter 4 He says in verse uh, 32 of Ephesians chapter 4, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Uh, and so what he said in, in the Gospels was, uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the, the request in verse 12 is, Lord, I need to be forgiven because I've done these things over here. Right? I need to be forgiven because I forgave them. But now in Ephesians, it says now uh, we forgive other people because God has already forgiven us. So now the emphasis in the epistles is not on what we did. The emphasis is on what Jesus has done for us. Right. Uh, and so so that part of verse 12 is really obsolete. Uh, uh, we don't forgive our debts as uh, we don't ask the Lord, forgive us our debts based upon my performance. Lord, I've done this. I've forgiven them. So you've got to forgive me. That's trying to earn our forgiveness. Right. We don't have to earn our forgiveness now. The Lord Jesus has done it. So now we forgive others because we've been forgiven, right? Uh, and so uh, we don't forgive people and then expect us to be forgiven after the fact. We've already been forgiven, so therefore we have the ability and the grace to forgive others. And that's really, I mean, if you think of it that way, like the, like the Ephesians just telling us how to think, then it should be easy for you to give people. Well, haven't you been forgiven? Well, yeah. Well, then why can't you forgive them? Well, you don't know what they've done to me. Whatever you did to the Lord is a thousand million times worse. Remember the, the uh, parable in Luke chapter 18, right? The one man to the Lord had a million times more uh, uh, sin to the, to, the, to the master than, the, than the, the, uh, his other uh, person did, right? So you had two people sinning against each other, and then uh, that was worth a little bit. But then the, the sin against the master was a million times worse. Uh, so if the Lord's forgiven you, 
and see, remember the master forgave him, right? Uh, there uh, in, um, uh, was it, was it in, in Luke 18 or was it in, in um, uh, we'll find it here. But um, um, actually it was in, in Matthew 18. Um, in Matthew 18 about the servants there. Uh, and so um, the, the sin that the man committed against the master was a million times worse than what the servant had done to him. Uh, and so, and if you can keep that in your heart, that whatever you've done to the Lord is a million times worse than what anybody's ever done to you, that should allow you to forgive other people. Because people say, well, you don't know what they've done to me. It's, it's, it's nothing compared to what you've done to a holy God. Every time you take the Lord's name in vain, every time you get out of the will of God, every time uh, you do something that violates the word of God, all of those infractions are much worse than what we do to each other. Um, and then it, now our, our feelings don't feel that way. Our mind doesn't think that way. But from a technical standpoint, it is that way. That what you do to a holy and perfect God is much worse than what you do to a fellow imperfect person, right? Uh, and so, so that's why, you know, verse 12 is, is now obsolete, right? It's not that it was, Jesus was wrong. And the moment that he was saying this, it was right because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. Amen. Uh, and so, and lead us not into temptation, that's fine, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. So he starts out with worship, he ends with worship. Not a bad way to pray, right? So we can learn some things from this, parts we need to, to do away with, do away with those. We need to add some things to that, like praying in the name of Jesus, amen. So uh, we pray uh, uh, to the Father in the name of Jesus or really because of what Jesus has done for us. Uh, and so, uh, we're about out of time. We'll, we'll pick, a, pick this up again uh, some more next week. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll go through there. We need to look at the different types of prayers and, and see how that's going. So, uh, so who do we pray to? We pray to the Father. Does the Father already know everything you're going to ask Him? Absolutely. So does that mean we don't need to do it? No, it means you have to do it, right? Because He's, he's always going to elevate uh, faith, amen? Uh, and so... Uh, if that's the rules, see, that's, that's part of the rules of prayer, right? doesn't matter if you know that the Father knows that you have need of, still have to pray. And if you think, well, I shouldn't have to, then you're not following the rules, amen? So is the Lord obligated to give you things that you don't ask for? He's not obligated to give you things that you haven't asked for, amen? He could if he wants to. I mean, he can move sovereignly in some cases, in some ways, up to a certain extent. But he's not obligated to, Amen. But if you pray, he's obligated to answer your prayer because he said he would. Amen. Uh, and so doesn't mean we're, we're being pushy and demanding of the Lord. He told us to pray that way. So that's what we do. Amen. We're not being pushy. You know, I can't believe you did that. Well, he told me to do that. I know, but I can't believe you did that. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Are you being pushy when your boss says to go and sweep that floor? Well, I'm just sweeping the floor. Yeah, I can't believe you're doing that. But he told me to. Yeah, but, you know, you're just being prideful. Um, I'm just doing what I'm told. Amen. Uh, so can't we do what we're told? We're, we can do what we're told. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. Father, we thank you that we can come to you and pray to you, Father. You gave us the ability to do that. We don't need a man to be in between you and us, Father. Uh, we can pray directly to you. We thank you that you paid a great price, Father, to allow us to come before you in prayer, Father, and worshiping your holy name, worshiping how wonderful and good you are, thanking you, Father, that you're kind and gracious to your people. So, Father, we thank you for these things. We thank you that this word will be planted in our hearts, Father. Produce great seed, produce great fruit from the seed, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's uh, get ready to receive this evening's offering. And um, we've got a whole boatload of uh, birthdays, right, in, in, um, uh, in February, right? Uh, let's see. Oh, we've got them right down here. So we've got... Uh, Miss Mildred has been married for 40 years, uh, and uh, she's got a birthday also uh, this week. So I think she, isn't she 40 years old, right? Been married for 40 years, so she, so, uh, she got married at birth. And then, uh, of course, I've got a birthday th uh, this month, and Marie's got a birthday, and Miss Vicky's, Miss Brandilyn's got a, uh, and Alex, what's Alex? He's 18th, right? That's right, he's one day older than me. Uh, and so Alex is 18th. So there we go. Happy birthday to anybody else in the great wide world out there. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. And of course, uh, Abraham Lincoln's got a birthday this month, right? George Washington, I think, isn't Ronald Reagan's birthday in this month, right? 
uh, all the important people's birthdays this month. So, um, so we'll let's uh, we'll kind of leave it at that, right? Um, and uh, ladies fellowship on the 13th, and I think that's all the announcements we got. Amen. All right, praise God. Well, y'all enjoy the rest of this warm day. I don't think we have a whole lot more of these coming along for a while, but um, we'll enjoy by the last. Amen. Will you have a wonderful weekend? And you're dismissed.